0: Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. i to be here this morning. Don't, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I love my church. I love this church. I, 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 I believe something significant is happening right now. I don't know how to explain. Do you ever just feel like something, something's going down and you don't know what? Most of the time, if you grew up in the hood, that was something bad. You know what I'm saying? But no, no, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Man, I'm excited. Uh, I get to preach this morning uh, and be with my church family. And so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm actually going to sit down today um, because I usually move around too much and talk too fast. Can I get a witness? Anybody? Um, I I feel like what we're going to talk about today uh, is... uh, A little bit there's a little bit of depth to it and and i want to make sure that we all catch it and so as the person communicating today i want to do the best that i can and so i figured you know what let me just try to sit down and chill out but i i I bet in like 10 minutes i'm gonna stand up anyway so we're just gonna go with it Uh, but i'm very excited before we move on uh hey do me a favor can we just honor pastor eric and lori baca in the house um they're not here this morning they're taking their uh, oldest daughter to college. She is going for her master's degree in Illinois and they drove all the way across the states to Illinois and they made it. Thank you, Jesus, they made it safely. Uh, but I just love Pastor Eric and Lori. They're probably watching us online. One more time, give them a huge round of applause. Our lead pastors, we love you. We love you so much, thank you. And I'm just so grateful for them. Okay, we're gonna continue our series, Heart and Soul. And uh, what we're going to go through today, I believe, uh, I don't know about you, but, but I really believe with all my heart that something is shifting in a good way in the inside of our church. And, and what I mean by that is a spiritual supernatural stirring right now. Right. I, I really believe that. I believe, and, and I believe what it is, is it's, it's a recovery uh, or a restoration from COVID, I believe this last COVID season was really hard for some people, but God is restoring and reviving something on the inside of his people right now. And I don't believe it's just happening at Thrive. I actually believe it's happening across the board at churches right now. And so uh, this is what I've learned. This is what I've learned is that what we can't do is get in the way of what God wants to do. I'm gonna I'm say that again. We cannot get in the way of God wants to do. I'm a firm believer that God is always moving. Can I get an amen? Amen. The problem most of the time is that we get in the way of what God is trying to do. And so the topic I wanna talk about today, we're gonna go into this passage in just a moment, has to do with that. How can we get in the way? How do we get out of the way or not get in the way of what Jesus is trying to do in your life, in my life, in our church, in our city? Um, And so this is what we're going to do with the title of this message today. If you're taking notes, the title of this message is Something in the Water. Go ahead and tell your neighbor something in the water. Go ahead and tell them something in the water. And we're going to read. And if you could do me a favor, we're going to stand up. Go ahead and stand up to your feet. We're going to read the Word of God. We always read uh, scripture when we preach. And when we read scripture, we stand. Why? Because the Word of God is the greatest authority in our life. Greater than any pastor, greater than any person. The word of God is the greatest authority in our life. So we stand in reverence and honor to the word of God. And so we're going to read it. We're going to go in Joshua chapter 15, just two passages. We're going to start in verse 20. And then we're going to go all the way down to verse 63. But we're not going to read all of that. I got you. Some of you are like, oh man, I'm going to fill up my whole reading for the week this morning. No, you still got to read your Bible tomorrow. That's okay. All right. Chapter 15 verse 20. It says this. Now this is... The inheritance of the tribe of Judah according to its clans now I'm gonna stop right there the Bible says in this passage right in these chapters that Joshua and Moses are allotting the land to the nation of Israel where they will be and where they will live after the conquest and so this is now Judah the tribe of Judah's turn they are getting their lands and their inheritance does that make sense yeah. now we're gonna to go to verse 63 And it says this. So all through those verses is a bunch of names and a bunch of lands. So if you're like, why did he skip it? Go ahead, you read it. I got you and I'll help you. Text me if you need help pronouncing the names or just Google it, it's all good. But in verse 63, it says this. And so you have this whole chapter of allotment of lands. And then it says this. Judah could not dislodge the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem and to this day the Jebusites live there with the people of Judah come on family let's pray Jesus I pray this morning for my church family those watching online God thank you for what you're doing in this house thank you God that you're stirring and you're moving uh thank you that Holy Spirit you would even find that this house Uh, would be trusted to let you move in our lives and so God I pray that you would use this message in a powerful way I pray that God that it would help someone this morning and that Holy Spirit you would do and continue to do what you're already doing we love you we thank you and in Jesus name everybody said Amen. amen amen all right here we go and so We're going to just stay right there. Just go ahead and stay on the title slide. That's great. Something in the water. What I want to talk to you guys about this morning, and and I'm, and I'm very excited because as I was praying and getting ready for this week, I really felt, really felt in my heart that this is going to help someone today. And I don't even know what that means, but someone knows what that means. And, and it's going to really help someone get closer to their relationship with Jesus. Not that my words are special, but I just believe when we dive into the Word of God, when we dive into the Bible, man, and, and there's just things that the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate. I believe that there's freedom in this room this morning. I do. I do. And so the title, Something in the Water. Have you ever, I don't know about you, but I grew up East L.A., And I don't know if you ever played in the front of your house or your apartment, and, you know, because you're all wet in the summer, because you're playing with the sprinkler or the water hose. I don't know about you, but your mom didn't let you back in the house. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So what did you do? You went to the water hose if you were thirsty, and you drank out of the water hose. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yup. And you ever get a bug? Or something nasty. I, I don't know about you, but water hose water is some of the best tasting water. Come on, someone. <laughs> some of you know what that's like. Some of you are like, nope, I'm going to stick with Arrowhead. No, that's all right. <laughs> Arrowhead, but water hose water. I don't, I don't know. It, it just feels like summer. It tastes, right? The taste. Of, but there was something in it, right? There was, there was something in it. And, and what I want to talk about today is when, when you go into this passage, Judah, Judah is actually the tribe that Jesus comes from. And listen, if if you're in here, I want you to take out your phones, take out your notebooks, take out your Bibles. We're going to take some notes today. Judah is the tribe that Jesus comes from. And the Bible says that Judah gets this allotment of land. They get their inheritance. But in this city, Jerusalem, we all know Jerusalem. Jerusalem is still around. There's this tribe called the Jebusites. Everybody say Jebusites. There's this tribe called the Jebusites, and the Jebusites, for some reason, will not leave. It's like that cousin that doesn't want to go after the party's over. Or that family member, right? Everyone's gone. You're literally cleaning up, and they're still talking. Come on. Some of you, that might be you. That's okay. Jesus still loves you. It's all good. But they they just won't leave. And the Bible says that the tribe of Judah cannot clear out, dislodge, spread out these Jebusites. And actually, if you go through biblical history, for, th- for, for hundreds of years, the Jebusites are there until David takes them out. That's how long they're there. And, and what I wanna talk to you about today is this topic called compromise. Because there are times in our life where God has assigned to us an inheritance, a blessing, and a promise. But the reason why we don't get to fulfill the promise completely is because something is in the mix. And what i want to go through this today and why i think this is so powerful and so crucial to talk about is because i believe the same way that judah wasn't able to completely inherit the kingdom that god gave them is because of the jebusites is the same way that some of us allow compromise in our life and sin in our life and then next thing you know we think that we're not be able to experience the fullness of god but it's not god's fault it's actually our fault some things in the water that's not supposed to be there. Something's in the water that's not supposed to be there. So, so let, me, let me just define compromise for you just real fast. Let me, let me just break this down. And, and it's kind of a heavy topic, but I believe it's really, really powerful because I believe all of us struggle with this in one way or another. All of us are human. All of us have had a sin nature. And so all of us need to understand what God has done and what God is doing so that way we can live in the fullness of what Jesus wants to do in our life. So first point is this, if you guys are taking notes, first point is that any percent, any percent of compromise is still compromise. And so before we even get into what this looks like, let's define it first. Compromise is when you and I allow sin in our life on a consistent basis. Does that make sense? And why do I say any percentage of compromise is still compromise? Because it doesn't matter how big of a sin, right? And, my, and I'm thinking of Zadok. Zadok, he's, I asked him, how much, you lo- how much do you love me? And he goes, this much. <laughs> or how small it is. Any percent of compromise is still compromise. For example, if I told you that next Sunday I'm going to bring brownies for everyone. Right? I'm gonna give everyone just brownies. Y'all just gonna get brownies for showing up to church. That sounds pretty fire, right? And if you like brownies. But what if I told you that I actually used brownie mix, but then 1% of the brownies was made out of dirt from my neighbor's yard? I, some of you crazy, some of you would still eat it. I'm just being honest. But most of you like, I don't know your neighbor. And what if I told you my neighbor had a dog? Ooh, that gets worse. Would you risk that 1%, right? No, that's disgusting. I ain't going to eat no brownies. I don't even like brownies anyways, Pastor Chris. Why are you talking about brownies? That's gross. Talk about something good like In-N-Out or tacos or something. No, you wouldn't. So then me and you have to come to the understanding. We as a family have to come to the understanding that Jesus does not deserve 99% of our life. He does not deserve 99% of our holiness. He does not deserve 99% of our faith. He does not deserve 99% of our trust that you and I cannot let anything compromise not that Jesus requires perfection but Jesus does require a pure heart Jesus is looking for people who would go after him with a purity and a sincerity of heart I love what Pastor Maribel said this morning during worship I believe that was from God that there is something about going after God completely with purity and fully so that way God can do what he wants to do in your life and my life can I tell you that the thing that's going to get in the way between you and Jesus is you? Some of us need to stop blaming for devil, the devil for things he hasn't even done yet. Sometimes I think we glorify Satan way too much when on all reality it's 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 us. And so here's what I want to do. I want I want to help some of us not let that compromise happen in our lives i want to make sure that we as a family are are, are ready and trained and understand that you know what devil i'm not gonna let this compromise mess with my family anymore i'm not gonna let this compromise mess with my life anymore i'm not gonna let this compromise mess with my mind anymore i'm not gonna let you have a playground in my life anymore Because you know what, God has so much more for me that whatever's happening in my life right now that is not letting me fully go after Jesus is not worth it. Family, it's not worth it. Whatever that thing that you're letting in your life that is keeping you from Jesus, I promise you it's not worth it. So let's talk through this, let's talk through this. I'm gonna just open up a little bit about this topic. Because all I'm going to talk about today is what I've experienced and how I feel like God has showed me how to deal with this. So let's do this. Let me talk to you about the process of compromise, okay? This is just the process of compromise. And, 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 and this is what I believe. I believe there's five steps. Here we go. Five steps on how me and you compromise. See, sometimes we don't know how to handle the battle until we know what we're actually battling, okay? And so point number one, this is what I believe is the first thing that happens to us. When we're about to get into a place of compromise the first thing is number one you're in an unhealthy atmosphere the bible says that when david fell when he slept with Bathsheba, and and on all that craziness like when he cheated on his wife and that whole story in samuel the bible says that at the time when kings were at war david was at home by himself david was at the wrong place at the wrong time and because he was at the wrong place at the wrong time, it set him up to do something he wasn't supposed to do. Now, this isn't everyone. Some of you guys might be in a really good atmosphere in this season, totally. But most of the time, what I've experienced, and this isn't just with young people, this is old people as well, or older people. I'm not gonna define you guys as old because I'd get in trouble, but I'm, I'm, I'm there too. I'm not just talking about young people. I'm talking about every generation this is the first step where when I, when I see someone who begins to live in a compromised lifestyle, when I was in a season where I began to get into a compromised lifestyle, when my life doesn't look like what the Bible tells me it needs to look like, the first thing most of the time is I'm in an unhealthy atmosphere. I am where I'm not supposed to be. I am around people I'm not supposed to be around with. And you know really, can I be honest? This is the first step. We go to those places because we're saying we're gonna be salt and light and we're gonna, we, we Christianize the atmosphere. Come on, y'all. Well, they need Jesus too. Well, I'm just gonna rub off on them. They're not gonna rub off on me. And, and you know what? Sometimes that's true, but most of the time it's not. You go to the club one time for a party you're not supposed to be at okay maybe you're not going to mess up but you keep going to parties you're going to do something dumb let's just be honest you hang out with people you're not supposed to hang out with and you know what i'm talking about i'm not talking about witnessing i'm not talking about being an evangelist i love that i believe we're all called to love people i'm talking about you know you're doing stuff you're not supposed to be doing because of the people you're around you know what i'm saying we talked about this the last time i preached proximity the thing that's around you isn't what's supposed to be around you so first step you're in a healthy atmosphere number two this is where i think most of us the first step to sin and compromise is mental temptation if you ever want to know where the enemy is going to attack you first it's right here and some of you think it's your problem and you just got mind issues you don't it's the enemy that wants to kill your life you think you have anxiety and depression, but no, it's the enemy that's trying to detour and take you out of the calling that God has on you. And I'm not saying mental illness is not real, it's absolutely real and I believe that you do need to get help. But what I'm talking about is the process of going down that slope, going down that dark hole where you feel like you're stuck and there's nowhere else to go and you feel like you're so disconnected from Jesus, the first step of sin is mental temptation. And see, Jesus wants to do it when you're isolated, or the devil wants to do it when you're isolated. The devil wants to do it when there's no one around. And what he's gonna do, he's gonna attack the mind first because he don't know your future and you know what he does he'll attack you from the things that you struggled with in your past why because it worked before he's going to try to do it again because the devil has no new tricks he just does the old stuff and so he'll, he'll, he'll mentally tempt you did you know that temptation is sin asking permission Some of y'all need to write that down and tweet that. Did you know that sin, because when you're saved, has no authority in your life no more? Anymore. The Bible says that you have been covered and washed by the blood of Jesus. That you are no longer bound to your flesh or to your sin. That you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is past. Behold, the Bible says, I make all things new. So did you know that every time sin tries to creep up on your door, it has to ask before it enters? And you know the door of your heart and your life is your mind? And so if you can understand that when the enemy tries to come and tempt you and when you're struggling with sin, if you can shut the door, right? Like in the Old Testament when they would post the blood of the lamb, over Passover, so that way that that spirit of death couldn't control their life. Some of you need to post or, or or plead the blood of Jesus on the door of your mind and say, Satan, you have no authority anymore. You have no power anymore. You don't have permission in my life anymore. Well, come on, bro. Let's just go do this drink. Come on, bro, let's go hang out with these friends we're not supposed to. Come on, bro, let's just go cuss even though we're not supposed to cuss. Come on, bro, let's have this relationship you are not supposed to have this relationship. Let's watch this thing we're not supposed to. It, haven't you noticed that whenever you struggle with sin, it, it, it's soft and it asks and it, it, and, and it tries to creep in, why? Because it knows it doesn't have permission. Yeah. Yeah. You know that when Zadok asks me for something and he knows he's not supposed to have it, he doesn't ask with authority and he demands, he's sneaky dad don't tell mom can i have a cookie (laughs) and i'm like bro what do you mean don't tell mom he goes she's gonna say no (laughs) it's it's the same it's the same thing Uh, hey hey daughter son uh, let's 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 go do something we're not supposed to but but don't tell the father like as if god doesn't know it starts here Number three, and this is where, I think this is gonna really help some people. Internal surrender is the next step. You are internal before you ever are external. Some of you are so focused on the outside, but Jesus, it's about heart transformation. He does the inside first. It's an inside out kingdom, right? The Bible says, Jesus says, don't worry about what the outside of the cup looks like. What's about the inside of the cup? Make sure the inside of the cup is clean. So number one, you're in a healthy atmosphere. Number two, you get tempted mentally. But number three, that's when you fall. You don't fall when you actually sin. I believe it's actually when you give up on the inside. Everyone in here has fallen into sin. Why? Because you're not Jesus. And can I tell you, the worst feeling, I believe that's the moment when you and I feel we're disconnected from God. It's not when we actually do the action. It's when we actually quit on the inside of us. There is this quit. There is this surrender that happens on the inside when we let compromise let in. And some of you need to catch that. If you cannot let it get there, I promise you that God would continue to help you walk in this thing. You have to stop it at that internal surrender moment next step is disobedient action right and then it just goes down the trail now you did the thing that you were fighting about forever I don't know about you but when I feel like I'm struggling it's a fight and some of you might be in the season where you just got saved like a year two three years ago and out of nowhere things got really hard with you and Jesus You know why? Because the enemy now knows you're a threat, and he knows that you're serious in your walk, and if he can take you out before you get farther, he wins and so that internal surrender is a battle and a struggle but if you can get some people around you and if you can get the word inside you and you can get yourself in a small group and you can keep serving even when you don't feel like it and you can listen to scripture as you're driving to work and as you can pray with your family i'm telling you that internal struggle doesn't feel as big because god is doing something on the inside as well The bible says that judah in that passage in joshua 15 judah means worship and praise and jerusalem means the city of peace but the jebusites weren't able to let any of that happen because they were in the mix can i tell you that when you let mixture and compromise in your worship gets silent and your peace goes away And it leads to disobedient actions we find all throughout scripture that now the people of israel are falling into sin and worshiping idols why because they could not take out the thing that's compromising them and lastly it turns into a compromised lifestyle your one action now became your every day i remember when i was in a season where i was really struggling with stuff i don't know what was worse not knowing Jesus or knowing Jesus, but letting him down every day. Like, I knew better. Like, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize and make myself sound awesome. I'm not, it's not. It like, it was really, it was heartbreaking to know that Jesus died on the cross for me so that way I can sin more. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says grace abounds so that way you can sin less. But my lifestyle didn't match up with my beliefs. There's a quote by Keith Green. He's an amazing old, old school worship leader. He says this, he says, I would have became a Christian earlier if the people that were Christians were around me weren't so hypocritical. Yeah. I was shook when I read that. I was like, oh, Jesus, help me to just love you more and to not let any compromise in my life. This generation's compromise Semi Rodriguez says this, this generation's compromise leads to the next generation's captivity. Pastor Eric talks about it all the time. What we do now doesn't just affect us now, but it affects the next generation tomorrow. So I gotta stop this compromise sin cycle because I'm not fighting for me, I'm fighting for Zadok. I'm fighting for my grandkids. I'm fighting for my great grandkids. And you know what? Every Sko's- Every male scos before me for the last six, seven generations couldn't hold it, couldn't stop it, couldn't accept Jesus, couldn't choose him, couldn't trust him. But you know what? I don't care what's happened the last 10 generations before me. It stops today and it doesn't stop today because I'm powerful or because I'm anointed or because I'm a preacher but it stops today because I'm just a man that loves Jesus I'm just a son who's gonna try to go after God and I'm not gonna let compromise take out what God has called me and my kids and my great grandkids kids and my great-great-grandkids to do I'm not gonna stay in this cycle anymore can I tell you today I'm gonna stand up can I tell you today that if you're stuck in this that you come to church on Sunday and Monday you feel good and Tuesday you feel okay and Wednesday you start feeling iffy because you miss group, and Thursday you fall into sin and Friday you get defeated and then you get back up on Saturday and then you come back to church on Sunday but you feel like you're in a cycle and you're on this thing again and again and again can I tell you that there's freedom this morning that Jesus did not come to have your life be compromised but he came to set you free and that you no longer have to be stuck in this anymore because if God can do it for me and God can do it for my friends like Pastor Matt and Maribel and all the people I know in this house I've know your stories if God can stop the sin cycle in their life God can stop the sin cycle in your life I got excited I'm gonna sit back down (laughs) because this is why Last point, and I'm done, I'm done. I'm gonna be done right now. I want you to write these down because this is why. These are the consequences of compromise, okay? Here we go, number one, consequence number one. This is what happens when you live in a compromised lifestyle. Number one, spiritual complacency. The first thing that happens when you know, I'm gonna help some people right now because you don't know if you're in a compromised place or not, and that's okay. Jesus still loves you. We're gonna work this out, but here's the first sign that you're in a compromised lifestyle. Number one, you're spiritually complacent. You don't want to pray no more you don't want to read no more you don't you never really liked to fast but now you're not even thinking about it you don't want to go to church you don't want to do anything with Jesus your 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 spiritual self begins to be anorexic you starve yourself in the inside number one you get spiritually complacent number two you begin to self-isolate I'm telling you, I'm not telling you these because this is what I've seen. I'm telling you this because this is what I know. This is what I do when I'm not doing well. Number two, you self-isolate. You just self-isolate. You go into your cave. You go into your corner. You don't talk to anyone. You don't connect with anyone. The self-isolation is so real. Okay? So real. Number three, this one's really good. You have an authority deficiency. What do i mean by that the things you were powerful in you're no longer powerful in anymore you begin to have a defeated mentality see god gave you authority because your story has authority because he's in it but then when you compromise you lose authority can i be honest i think this is why as a church of america we're having to gain ground again Because we had pastors up here every week talking about you need to be holy and then they were sleeping with their secretary. We had preachers and and I love my pastor friends, but we had preachers and pastors and leaders who said live this life and then they didn't live that life. And next thing you know, they're preaching, but with no authority. They're leading, they're trying to, it's really hard to teach your kids, I've learned this as a young dad, when you don't have authority in the thing you're talking about because you're doing what they're doing. Like the other day, this is a funny story. The other day, we were in the car and Zadok, out of nowhere, we drive by a Mexican restaurant and I don't know why Zadok's Mexican, but he hates Mexican food. He really does. It's an issue. Pray for my boy. We need deliverance. He goes by this Mexican restaurant and he looks at, he just is in the car and he, he just out loud, he's like, oh, I hate tacos. <laughs> and we're like, what the heck? You hate tacos? Why did you even need to say that? He goes, I just hate tacos, dad. And so then my wife says, son, don't say the word hate. And I was like, okay, don't say the word hate. And then like three minutes later, somebody cuts us off and my wife goes, ooh, I hate it when people cut me off. looked at her and I was like you know you just lost the whole conversation (laughs) when you're compromised you don't have authority in the thing you have authority in the thing you're the thing that God's called you to speak out against or speak into you lose that little by little because you have compromise in your life number four oh this is good this this hits home for me increased anxiety guys I start tripping about everything what do people think of me what am I gonna do in my future did I do a good job what's gonna happen how am I with Jesus like like you just start you you, your anxiety level just increases why cuz you're not at peace anymore why because the Prince of Peace you're no longer talking to you're compromised there's something in the water there's something that's not supposed to be there number five you have an ungodly temperament. You just start getting mad at everybody. You used to love Jesus and everyone knew it and now it don't look like it no more. You start treating your kids bad. You start treating your neighbors bad. You start treating your cousins bad, your friends bad. You, the, all the things that God started to do in your heart and the transformation he was doing on the inside, it starts to deteriorate. And next thing you know, your temperament, your demeanor, your attitude becomes ungodly. You're just always bothered and frustrated and irritated and everyone can tell. No one wants to be around you and you think it's because it's their fault, but no, there's something on the inside that's happening that no one knows about. Number six, there's reestablished insecurity in your life. Some of you, you know that you're in a place of compromise because now you're insecure again all of a sudden. Similar to anxiety, but a little bit different. The things you struggled with in your past All the insecurities, all the deep wounds, all the heart stuff, the fears, the doubts, the unbelief start to resurface. And lastly, this is probably the worst, is a silenced mentality, a silenced mentality. And I wanna wanna be very sensitive for this one because I'm not, I'm not talking about playing victim here. I, I, I just, what I'm, what I'm trying to focus on is you, you get to the point where you feel so stuck in this sin that you're struggling with or this thing that you're struggling with that you feel like you can't, you can't talk no more. You, you lost your voice. And, and and maybe because I'm a preacher, this hits a little bit different for me. Uh, but I remember being those seasons where I felt like I was compromised. And I didn't just lose my voice externally, I lost my voice inside. The thing that would tell me to keep going. And you got this, and keep fighting, and you're gonna make it. It, 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 it silenced and it was quiet and it was scary. It was scary because it was the exact opposite of I knew what I was called to. And I feel like no one would listen to me because I couldn't even listen to myself. And and, and, and your, your, your mentality begins to be so silenced and, and you begin to feel so weak and defeated. and 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 that's what happens the cycle and it just keeps happening and then what did you do you just go right back into the thing that got you there in the first place that's that's the scary thing about it is that's what sin does that's why it leads to death because you go back to the thing that is already trying to kill you you keep drinking the poison you know you're not supposed to drink what happens when your worship gets silenced that's what compromise does what happens when your praise gets silenced that's what compromise does what happens when that that thing inside you feels like it died but I have good news those consequences are real and some of you might be in one of those right now but my last point is this and we're gonna close Jesus comes to set captives and prisoners free oh you know you know the, the definition of a captive The Bible says in in the book of Luke chapter four, that he comes, that the spirit of God anointed him to preach good news, to set captives and prisoners, the oppressed free, to give them liberty. Captives are people who are taken out of their will. And the Bible says Jesus comes to set them free. But prisoners are people who go into jail cells because of what they did. But Jesus comes to set them free too. And I came to tell someone today, that you might be in a season of compromise. You might be living in a season of compromise and you might feel like you're stuck. You might feel like you're trapped. You might feel like you can't get out. But I came to tell you that it doesn't matter if someone puts you there or you put yourself there, that in the name of Jesus, by the power of the gospel and the blood, that you're free today you don't have to struggle with the cycle anymore that Jesus came to bring you liberty that Jesus came to open the cage that you no longer gotta be bound in chains and in isolation that God loves you so much that he doesn't want you where you are anymore Because He came to set you free. It doesn't matter what part of the sin cycle you're in. It doesn't matter how compromised you're in. That if you chose today, if you made a decision to say, Jesus, come intervene. Jesus, come set me free. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I'm going to let this sin go. I'm going to let this relationship go. I'm going to let this thing that's been struggling in my heart go. I'm telling you, He came to set you free today. Stand to your feet, family. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And if that's you, I just bow your head, close your eyes. And if that's you, today, this morning, with every head bowed, every eyes closed, let's dim the lights. I want to ask you this question. And only you know, that's the thing about compromise, only you know. No one can judge it. You can be the best Christian on the outside, but on the inside, you're dying. On the inside, something's going on. And if you're in this room and you say, you know what, Pastor Chris, I'm just going to be straight up. There's something in my life that's compromised. There's some sin. There's something in my life. You don't need to tell me what. I'm not going to start calling people out. That's not what we're going to do. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to handle some business with Jesus. We're going to get in the face of God. We're going to let Jesus do some things in our life. And this is what we're going to do. If that's you and you're in this room, And you're saying you know there's just something maybe it's not even exactly sin but it's on the line or struggle or insecurity and and, and it's something that's compromised in your heart right now I want to ask you this question if that's that if that's something in your life slip up your hand for me in this room anybody anybody come on that's awesome wow so good so good so good I want to ask you to take a bold step of faith and what do I mean by it's bold because you're right now. What's going through your mind? Mental temptation. They're gonna care about me. They're gonna look at me. I, you're scared because you don't. You don't want people to judge you. Hey, no one cares. We've all been through it. If you raise your hand, come meet me in the front right now. Come on, come meet me in the front. Come on, meet me in the front. Just come up. One, two, three. Come on. Come on. Come up. It's closer. 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 Come meet me in the front. Come on. It doesn't matter what it is. Come meet me in the front. Come meet me in the front. Come meet me in the front on in jesus name come on it could and like i said it doesn't even have to be sin it could be fear it could be unbelief it could be doubt whatever you're going through come on come into the front come into the front meet me in the front why do we take this step of just this step out is is to show jesus hey i'm gonna take this moment serious okay that's all doesn't mean they're more spiritual less spiritual but hey we're gonna take this moment serious awesome hey we're gonna worship for a few minutes everybody in the front hands on your heart and if you're out there that's all good too if you want to put your hand on your yard too we're going to pray and i believe as we pray god's going to bring freedom in this room i believe holy spirit's going to begin to move and he's going to weave in and out and he's going to begin to go into those dark places of your life he's going to get into the shadows of your life and and he's coming to set you free this morning holy spirit right now as we worship i'm not going to pray long you Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at com. Have an amazing rest of your week.